Hello and welcome to the Extra Point Podcast. I'm Matt Temple Marsh, I'm back with Ross Williams and it is the best weekend of the NFL season. It's the divisional round. I cannot wait. Ross, how are you doing? I'm doing very, very well. Thank you very much. Yeah, we're coming to the proper business end now. Uh, only a few weeks left, but yeah, then there was eight. Then there was eight and as we said off air, I think six of these could potentially win it. There's that. There's that level of competitiveness at the division round of the playoffs this year it should be a fantastic weekend it really should split across saturday and sunday for mammoth games really yeah. I, I cannot wait cannot wait it's going to be absolutely amazing so let's get stuck straight in first game up nine o'clock saturday jacksonville jaguars at kansas city chiefs it is a very interesting game the number one seed kansas city chiefs ross get us going with your tip yeah, an interesting game. Interesting game. Uh, I looked at the handicap in this one. I did consider it uh, for a little while, but it is, I think, the heftiest of the weekend. The Jags, eight and a half point underdogs in this one, naturally going to Arrowhead against the number one seeds. The Chiefs obviously had a week off. The Jags, I mean, <laughs> there's an element of, you can look at it two ways. You can look at a win last week in two ways. You either go, right, that was magic, and therefore they can build on that and maybe they can produce some more magic in uh, a week later or you look at it and go you were 27 down to the Chargers and are you now on borrowed time and I think going into Arrowhead against the Chiefs that's probably uh, how it's going to be I think as much as I like the Chargers down the stretch I think the Chiefs are a whole different proposition I do think Kansas City win this game but I don't think there's value in that I think the spread's a little bit too high is the playoffs you never quite know uh, so I have avoided the spread in this one. Um, this my pick, to be honest, this week is straight out of your playbook. Uh, I'm looking at two. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at two receivers and uh, and their line, not their specific uh, receiving yards lines, but the number eighty in particular. I'm going Travis Kelsey for a multitude of obvious reasons, not least the fact he's Travis Kelsey. Uh, yes. He's done it nine times this season already. Um, he's fresh. He's after a week off. Uh, and the Jags, they're one of six teams in the NFL uh, that have conceded over a thousand yards to the tight end position uh, this season, which is very, very heavy. And look, once that connection, if they get that connection going early in the first quarter, we know that can snowball. We've seen it many times, particularly in the playoffs, Mahomes and Kelsey. It's nigh unstoppable sometimes. And I think 80 yards is very much within his wheelhouse in this game, not least because he had 81 the last time these two teams played uh, back in November. I'm also looking at Christine Kirk. Uh, in this game on the other side because again looking at last week I think it's going to be a similar-ish situation I, I don't think the Jags are going to be leading in this game for very long I think they were leading the game last weekend for zero seconds I think I, I don't think they led at all <laughs> against the Chargers and ended up winning somehow uh, I don't imagine they're going to have a lead against the Chiefs very often they're going to be chasing that means they're going to need deep shots they're going to need to find Christian Kirk in a very similar situation um, he had 14 targets last week, Christian Kirk against the Chargers. Um, that was the highest, that was his season high. His second season high was 12 against the Chiefs uh, a few weeks before, right? what, two months ago now, on a day where he had over 100 yards and a couple of touchdowns. So they've seen something in this Chiefs secondary. Christian Kirk can have success against them. And yeah, I just think it's a very, very similar matchup to what they're going to see last week, to be honest, in terms of the kind of the game situation, the game script. I like those two to go for 80 yards each, not worrying about touchdowns, not worrying about the result. Um, we're looking at about seven to two. You might even be able to stretch the four to one uh, for this bet. I think it's a really, really nice value play. Kelsey and Kirk, plenty of points in this game, I imagine. Plenty of yardage, uh, 80 each. I really like it. And uh, you're looking at lines in this game as well, aren't you? 
Yeah, I really like that. That makes a lot of sense to me. And something else that also does is Kadarius Tony. His line is set at 31 and a half. So I'm taking the over on that at nine to 10. Then I'm also tipping him to have over 50 plus receiving yards and to score an any time touchdown, which you can get a huge five to one. He's a secret weapon. He's ever so slowly getting more and more involved in their game plan and it culminated in last time out they played he had five touches against the Raiders as he scored his second touchdown of the season there's a clear emphasis on getting him more involved he's their real x factor to me he has potential to be a more nimble albeit less robust Debo Samuel he has that sort of yeah similar skill set of he is so good in the passing game and the running game which is particularly what we saw last time the Chiefs played this bet particularly appeals to me because when Tony was traded to the Chiefs, one of his first game, well, the game that he broke out in was when these two teams met earlier back in November. Tony had five targets, four catches, 57 receiving yards and one touchdown alongside two rushes for, th- for 33 yards. His real potential to go off in this game, I think... The Chiefs have been saving him for this point. He could be a huge X factor down the stretch, and I wouldn't be shocked by a huge playoff breakout game. You can find a brace for him at close to 20 to 1. I won't go that far and tip that. But another thing to sweeten the pot is McCall Hardman is ruled out for this game, so only going to increase Tony's chances more and more. And, yeah, I'm just banking on the potential of Tony here with relatively low lines for a large price. I like Tony a lot. I, I, the thing about him... And you, term like gadget is thrown around a lot and yeah it's almost disrespectful to say that but it does kind of fall in that category i wonder if there's a a non-wide receiver one in the nfl that's talked about more than tony in the week yeah, by, de- by, de- by defenses that you you have to consider him right? even, even if he's only going to be used on 10 snaps you you've got a game plan for him i mean that's how good he is uh it was the same in college as well and obviously the same last year and then come to the chiefs I, I i like him a lot and yeah i mean the playoffs just seems like a real stage for him, doesn't it? To to really kind of have that. I don't want to say breakout games. We already know he is, but yeah, I, I like those lines a lot, and I can definitely see him getting the end zone. Love that pick. Love that pick. Okay, exactly. Let's move on to Sunday night, and mm. well, sorry, Saturday night. Saturday night. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday morning. One a.m. Sunday morning. Yes. Yeah. Yes. New York Giants, Philadelphia Eagles. So we're getting the number one seeds out of the way nice and quickly, and I'll let you lead off first. Ross with your unders yeah I, I hate to go unders I don't often go unders on this podcast I, it doesn't, makes sense doesn't happen very often but I am going unders in this game because I'm not 48 is just a little high isn't it I, I think 48 is just I was surprised by it 48 is a little bit high I get it obviously the Giants and the Eagles being NFC East, they have played twice this season the first encounter which was around six to eight weeks ago um, the Eagles put them to the sword. They scored 40 points themselves. That can happen. I'm not saying I'm not ruling that out. Um, but when they played two weeks ago, there was 38 points uh, scored total in the game. And that was a game where the Giants had pretty much a makeshift team out there. I think Davis Webb was at quarterback. They were already securing the playoffs. They didn't really care too much. Uh, the Eagles had real stakes in that game. Jalen Hurts had to be rushed back into the team. Uh, they had to win that game in order to secure the number one seed and, of course, the bye last week. Um and the Giants' defense, despite being makeshift, kept them to 22 points. They do have the tools. They're well-trained enough um, to, to put, put the stoppers on, on this Eagles team a little bit. Uh, Wink over there on that, on that, on that sideline. He's, he's got some tricks. He's got some yeah, tricks. Yeah. This is ultimately, offensively and defensively, a very, very well-coached team. 
I think the New York Giants, even if they do lack a little bit uh, in skill. But yeah, I like 48 points for it. the reason of it being a very, very high number. Uh, the Giants have not had a line over 48 points all season long, which is quite remarkable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Eagles have only had a line over 48 three times. That just shows how high this line is. And ultimately, this is two rushing teams. This is two heavily rushing teams. The ball is going to be in regulation for an awful long time in this game. It's as, it's as simple as that. There's just not going to be the time just going off a lot of points in this game. Miles Sanders are going to be about it. It's just too much. I, I just think it's too much. Um, yeah, saying that, I mean, you're, you're going to talk about a running back right now, aren't you? <laughs> which is kind of going to... Not Miles Sanders. <laughs> not Miles Sanders, but you're about to talk about a running back, which kind of tells my point though, isn't it? I mean, there's so many running threats in this game yeah, that it's yeah. going to be all about that. 48 points, it's just too much. There's not going to be the time to score those points, I don't think. No, no, the ball's going to be in play far too much. You think about the talent on both sides of the ball, and obviously the Eagles have a lot of wide receiver talent, but they're a rush-first team. And that plays into my tip of Boston Scott, anytime touchdown, 11-4. to He is the giant killer. In his career, he's got 17 touchdowns. Ten of them have come (laughs) against the Giants, which is just, I don't know how that happens. He's got two in two against games against the Giants this season and his lines against the Giant, 10.8 rush attempts, 51.8 rushing yards and 1.1 touchdowns per game. The Giants haven't really been that strong against the rush. They've conceded over 2,000 rushing yards to the position this year. That is the fourth most in the NFL on top of a huge 15 touchdowns. Something that stands out to me why I like Scott Moore is... Jalen Hurts, he may have cleared the injury report, but he's obviously still, I think that's almost just kind of like the bravado of, yeah, yeah, he's fully back healthy and trying to scare. The comments that Hurts made when the Eagles managed to secure the number one bye were a bit worrying, to be honest. He was saying he needs this week off to try and get better. He was clearly struggling throughout to to close the season. And yeah, they'd be wise not to have him running often, which might hamper the Eagles a little bit, but I think their rushing attack is so good and Scott just loves playing against the Giants. I think we can expect them to lean into this. And yeah, another strong out in from Boston, Scott. I particularly like it as well, because obviously they are the, probably the best goal line team in the NFL, aren't they? Uh, yeah, and it, yeah. it usually is that hurt sneak, to be honest, which Scott Hanson and Red Zone many times said it's just the most unstoppable play uh, in the NFL. And that was kind of referenced, especially when Gardner, Gardner Minshew managed to not do it somehow. Uh, one of those plays, but... Um, the reason I particularly like it is I think they'd go to Scott anyway, just because it has been talked about in the week, hasn't it? This has been talked about yeah, in the press. Yeah. The Giants are aware of it. They've made comments about it. I never saw this a couple of years ago as a Colts fan when he was the OC. Nick Sirianni's got a bit of edge about him. He's mm. got a little bit of ego about him, hasn't he? And I, I, I think he would absolutely throw Boston Scott in that situation to get in that 11th touchdown. Uh, I really, really like it from a narrative point of view, and it just makes sense. It makes a whole lot of sense. And about three to one, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. Very nice price. Really, really nice price to score. Yeah. Let's move on to your five-point tip, Bengals at Bills. Second time this season. The second time this season, we are one-on-one on the five-point. as a maximum bet I can put on, I can tip, should I say. Uh, and it's pretty much the same bet. Uh, it was about week 13, 14, I want to say. Uh, don't quote me on that, but it was Bengals Chiefs, and I tipped each team to score 20-plus points. I was convinced it was going to happen. Uh, and it did. And it did. Uh, I'm going back to the well on that one. Each team to score 20 plus points, Bengals and Bills this time. This could be the game of the season. 
it's kind of packaged as so, isn't it? It's perfect window yeah. Sunday, uh, 3 p.m. in the US, 8 p.m. in the UK. Perfect time to just fantastic offenses when they get going. It's Joe Burrow, but Josh Allen. He's got everything you could possibly want in a playoff matchup. And these teams score points. It's what they do. Uh, they both averaged over 25 points a game in the regular season. They both cleared 20 last week, of course. Uh, the Bengals scored 24. The Bills scored 34. Um, there's injuries on both sides. There is injuries, but I think that almost plays into it. And in a way, the Bills are going to be about Micah Hyde. So that protection of the top's not there. Burrow's not scared to throw to Jamar Chase in any kind of coverage, never mind when you don't have the likes of Hyde knocking around. So I don't think he's going to be scared to go to Chase again. Of course, you tipped up Jamar Chase over six and a half or seven and a half catches last week, and that came in. I'd expect something similar. He's going to go to the edges. He's going to well, will be my Chase. tip. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, good reason for it. I forgot you even tipped it up again. Um, <laughs> but it just shows, doesn't it? Yeah, great minds. Great minds. Um, yeah, I mean... It will be talked about because the Buffalo, Buffalo Bills are five and a half point favorites in this game, which I thought was quite high. I thought it was quite a lot. I think the reason is the Bengals' offensive line. They've pretty much got three or five starters out, um, which has been an issue, but that's been an issue for the entire time Joe Burrow's been there. Exactly. <laughs> and they made a Super Bowl last year. The Bills, the pass rush is generally good, but not being as good since Von Miller went down as well. He's, he's, he's taken a bit of an edge off it. I don't think that's a concern. Look, both of these teams have scored 20 points in their last nine games. What more do you want? What more do you want? This game should live up to the bill in 20 plus points each. I love it. I absolutely I feel love like it. this price should be around like one to two. I can't believe it. It's at like five to six. It's, it feels like a no-brainer to me. I think so. I think so. I even considered, I did, and I'm not going to call this my official bet, uh, but I think to score 25 each is about four to one. Um, I think that's on Sky Bet. So I, I would consider that. I would that's consider nice. that. Um, but yeah, in terms of the five-pointer, You'd be disappointed if they didn't both score 20 points, wouldn't you? It's as simple as that. And I've already, yeah. given, I've already given your tip away, but... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just go ahead and back Jamar Chase reception. <laughs> <laughs> it was a winner for me last week. His line has increased. It was 6.5 receptions. Now it's seven and a half receptions, but I still think it's great. Yep. In his last five games, he's seen 64 targets. And you look at last week, this is so funny. He had a 48% target share. <laughs> just, just insane. I mean, in, in an offense with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that is ridiculous. That, T. Higgins would be a wide receiver one on all but maybe six teams in exactly. the NFL. I mean, that, that is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. In that five-game stretch with 64 targets, he's holding 42 catches. That is an average of 8.4 per game. The Bills are allowing 12 and a half receptions per game specifically to wide receivers. You already mentioned Micah Hyde is out. Starting cornerback Dane Jackson is questionable for this game after an injury against Miami. This plays into Ross's tip as well. We can expect points in this game. That's going to mean more passing opportunities for Burrow and ultimately more catches for Chase. You can get 11 to 10. I think this is my favourite bet of the week. Yeah, I love it. Skylar Thompson put 31 points in the defense last week. Yeah, that was surprising. Yeah. It was surprising. It was surprising. In, in the longest game I'd ever watched, I think. I oh, know. <laughs> uh, it went an awful long time. But again, that does points to it. The reason why that game went so long is because they forgot they had running backs. <laughs> I imagine we're going to see something similar in this one. Uh, there's yeah. going to be a lot of passing on both sides. It drives the numbers up. I love Jamar Chase so much. I love him, I love him so much. I dread to think what kind of contract he's going to get in a couple of years oh, yes uh sign on the dotted line whatever whatever figure you want i think um okay that takes us to the finale the finale of the divisional round 
half past 11 UK time Sunday night. So just about watchable for those uh, working Monday morning. Um, Cowboys, Niners. It's like being in the 90s all over again. Um, always a classic matchup when these two teams face off. Um, I'll let you start first on this one. I'll yeah, I've got a couple of tips for this game. I'll kick off with Brandon AU over 75 receiving yards. You can get that at 13 to 4. Brandon Ayuk's had a really good year. He's cleared the 1,000 yard mark for the first time in his career. He actually leads the team in targets. Obviously, Debo being out for a good stretch plays into that, but he has looked really strong and he's been Brock Purdy's favorite target as well, which is notable. Mm-hmm. So the Niners have the, why I like this is the Niners have the number one ranked defense according to DVOA. That's defense adjusted value over average. It basically is measuring teams efficiency by comparing every single play against the leave average, league average based on situation and opponent to is the whole equalizing scale. So the Niners are the best defense. The Cowboys come in as the number two ranked defense, but there is a major weakness. They rank dead last to wide receiver twos, which is why I really like Brandon Ayuk. Obviously, Trayvon Diggs has been really good this year, but it's been limited outside of that. Their problem's only gotten worse since opposite starting cornerback Anthony Brown landed on IR. In total, the Cowboys have allowed 2,600 yards to wide receivers. That's the ninth most in the league. And I'm just going to read out some wide receiver two performances against the Cowboys over the last month. Zay Jones, six catches, 109 yards, three touchdowns. That was just a ridiculous game. (laughs) Devontae Smith, eight catches, 113 yards, two touchdowns. Jahan Dotson, three catches, 72 yards. Chris Godwin, 10 catches, 85 yards. There's a clear trend here. They're good at locking up that first wide receiver. The wide receiver, too, is able to get get free. And obviously, Debo Samuel is back healthy, which is great news. He is so dynamic, but he's going to be primarily targeted by Trayvon Diggs, which means Ayuk is going to be more and more free. And I just really love this. He's cleared that 75-yard mark six times this season. It's a soft matchup for him in what is a crucial game. Back, back Ayuk here. Yeah, I love that. I love Brendan Ayuk. He pretty much won me a fantasy league this year. Uh, <laughs> he's been he's been fantastic. Um, pretty much the player. I think he's become the player they hoped they drafted out of Arizona State yeah, years ago. Yeah. He's 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 getting up there. I mean, he's a phenomenal wide receiver class, obviously, but he's he's kind of up there towards the top of those guys now. Uh, very, very good indeed. Um, I'm going quite basic with my tip, and I'm sure your final pick will, will play into this. Um, I'm going the 49ers to beat them on the spread, nice and straightforward. Yes, three, three and a half points. I really thought it'd be five or six. Uh, I really did. Um, I think it's purely three and a half due to the stage of the season it is due to. Is it just because it's the Cowboys? It's America's team. I don't know. I don't think it should be three and a half. I think the 49ers are far better than that. Um, in, in this matchup, it's at home. There's a real fatigue element in this game as well, which has been discussed. The 49ers played on Saturday at home against the Seahawks. The Cowboys played Monday night in Tampa Bay. They've had to go Tampa Bay to Dallas, Dallas to Fort, Dallas to Santa Clara. It's a lot of traveling on a short week. Um, it never bodes well. It never bodes well. I don't have the stats to hand, but they do not bode well for teams playing away on Monday night and then uh, following up on the following Sunday. I just think they're a better team. They're a far better team in all aspects. I, I, I've written in my, my article on sportinglife.com this week. In a weird way, the, the scariest thing about the 49ers' number one ranked defense 
is the offense <laughs> because what the number ranked defense can do is give the ball to this offense. It's very yeah. rare a Diaz have been this dominant. I mean, it leads to the league in turnover differential, 16.3 points a game. It's nothing, less than three touchdowns. Um, it's been very rare in NFL history for a defense to be kind of almost on par with their offense when it's this level. The fact that the offense is so strong, Kyle Shanahan's put that together, it, it is remarkable. And this team, the longevity of this team is probably in question because a lot of guys need to get paid in the next few years. But for the time being, after the disappointment a few years ago against the Chiefs, Kyle Shanahan has really built a Super Bowl team here, I think. And the fact that, you know, you've gone through two quarterbacks and Brock Purdy's come in. And not only the 49ers not missed a beat, they've got better. Yeah, right? definitely. The, the fact of the matter is they've got better. They've averaged 34.6 points per game since Brock Purdy came in week 13 on top of the number one defense. It's terrifying. It's terrifying what they're doing. And this game boils down to, we know exactly what the 49ers are going to do. On Sunday, we know exactly which Fortnite we're going to see, and it's good. I don't know what Cowboys we're going to see. If it's the yeah. Dallas Cowboys that are as good, if not probably need to be a little bit better even still than what we saw on Monday, maybe this comes close. That was a great Cowboys performance against Tampa Bay. Maybe this becomes a close one. But we're ultimately asking Dak Prescott to back up his best ever performance with an even better performance. Tampa played into that as well. Tampa did not look good. And, and Brady, Brady looked past it. I think, yeah, yes. this is going to be Niners' domination. I think that spread, I'm surprised by it. It should be more in favour for the Niners, definitely a larger number. And, yeah, I obviously think the Niners are going to win. This. Yeah, I mean, you are at home, but I am with you <laughs> in, in this instance. I mean, I, I saw a start the other day, I think, uh, I mean, Nick Bosa's played the same amount of snaps. Sorry, sorry. Nick Bosa's played less snaps over the last two games than Micah Parsons played on Monday. I mean, that, that's it. Amazing. That's, that's the level of fatigue we're at. Uh, you know, it would be. I think people are probably understating how big of a win this would be for Dallas. I, I think it, it, yeah, it, it's yeah. a real matter to climb. I think three and a half points. It's pretty ridiculous. I'd have to go with the Niners. I just simply would have to. And. Building into that, uh, one of the main reasons, which I've not even mentioned, the fact I've been able to speak for two minutes there yeah. on how great the Niners are without even mentioning one particular name is remarkable because Christian McCaffrey's playing and he's got a Super Bowl ring on his mind, doesn't he? Yeah, CMC. He is, since John Niners, I think he's been the best offensive non-QB player in the NFL. He has been so good. I'm tipping him 100 plus rushing yards and an anytime touchdown. And I cannot believe this price it is six to one. It is mental. He has eight touchdowns in his last seven games. And across his last six, he has four 100 plus rushing yard games. What I love about McCaffrey is his big playability in his last, well, in four of those last seven games, he's had rushes for over 30 yards and you look at that game against the Seahawks last week he had a 68 yard carry he's got the potential to just get through to the second level make another man miss and then he's gone he will rack up 30 40 yards and get the touchdown the Cowboys defense I mean I talked about how they're they're poor to wide receivers it's the same for running backs as well they've allowed over 1,700 rushing yards that's the 10th most in the NFL the Cowboys D in general it's just star names, and then outside of that, like that, these star names are productive and they are really good. But outside of that, there are a lot of holes. You've like, got two great individuals at the moment in Trevor Diggs and Michael Parsons, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Outside of that, it's going to be pretty easy for the Niners. All they have to do is just set up blocks, set up 
navigating away from them. And yeah, I think McCaffrey is going to be prominently involved. There's going to be another huge day for him. I think, yeah, 100 plus rushing yards and a touchdown, six to one. Can't believe that price. Cannot believe that price. Six to one. Yeah, 100 yards to touchdown. While the Cowboys have got to deal with, as you said, Samuel, Ayuk, Kittle, who we've not even mentioned. Yeah. There's so much to worry about on that. I mean, obviously Eli Mitchell's involved as well. Um, I think you might win it. I think you might win the whole thing. Uh, so we'll, 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 we'll come. We'll come back to that next week to see if you're yes. still. In, just see if you're still in the running. We'll be back next week of another episode. Of course, we'll be looking at the conference conference weekend, conference Sunday, um, which seems to come around very very quickly. Yeah, uh, but excited for that. Excited for this weekend of action. Uh, hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Hope you've like our picks. Uh, if you're going to get involved, obviously. Do so responsibly, but all the best of luck with that. And uh, yeah, without any further thoughts, I guess we'll see you next week. Enjoy the football.